Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Joining us now, Senator Anthony Hardy Williams. He represents the 8th Senatorial District in Pennsylvania. Joins us to talk about his recently passed probation reform bill. Senator Williams, good morning. Good morning, Solomon. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. That's good. Thanks for having me on. By the way, let me real like I always have a distraction. Do you talk like that in the morning when you get up at home? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have kids, that's why, but that's okay, brother. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um the probation reform bill, man, tell us about it. So <laughs> well, so we can put it in perspective. I'm I'm sure many of our listeners can understand this. A, a significant population uh, with an African American community are trapped in probation. And that means, for those who don't understand it, you go to court, they sentence you, and probation is part of that process. Everyone who's concerned about, well, what about the victims? They're all part of it before you're actually sentenced. And so probation is um, to the benefit of everybody. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be able to come out, you know, reintegrate the society and mm-hmm. be a part of our community. Yes. The challenge and problem has been, it has worked like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not uniform. So probation in Erie is not the same as in Philadelphia. It has to apply to use it. And so what probation, this process in this bill has attempted to do is uniform it. So those things which are sending people back to prison most consistently are things called technical violations. Mm-hmm. They can be arbitrary in terms of use. But most importantly, they usually work against the, uh, the parolee. So you come out, get a job, find housing, uh, take care of your family. Well, when you have to have an appointment and you just got a new job two weeks ago and they say, meet me at one o'clock in the middle of the day, guess what's going to happen? You're probably going to miss it, go back to prison, or you're going to be um, getting fired. Mm-hmm. Housing is the same thing. There are, and, and it's not like a matter of opinion. It's not even a matter of race. It's a matter of how the system was structured and just was not efficient for parolees and those who are applying probation. So basically what the intent is, allow for someone who cooperates, tries their darndest to do what's right, does the things that are required, be relieved of probation in a reasonable period of time, not extended uh, for years on end. And of course, most of us know the most famous, uh, most well-known well, well incident around Meek Mills, who I think, I think was sentenced to like four years, but was on probation for like 10, 15 years or something like that, mm-hmm. largely because of technical violations. And so this uniforms what technical violations are, much reduced. It allows for a hearing by a commission that we create that says, it reviews you after a certain number of years and says, you've done these things, send uh, a strong recommendation that the person will get off, and if they're not, they have to go to court to, to verify why they can't. There's a lot more details. There's, there are many more details to it, of course, but I don't want to take too much time. The intent is to reduce the time, incentivize good and productive behavior, Support parolees who work to that end, and not interrupt the not interrupt the system with people in prison that don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. So, what does this change for people who are on probation now? What does this legislation do right now for people who are on probation? That's a great point. So, hopefully, the governor will. I guess he's going to sign it today. Uh, so, the moment it becomes an effect, uh, they will create this this um, entity that's going to review um, and streamline the process of probation. So what will happen is immediately this um, instinct commission, I 
forgot the term, but this instate will be created that will that will allow for the criteria to be defined what technical violations are. It will be sent out across the state of Pennsylvania. Probation officers will be required to follow it. Um, there will be a set date upon which your your uh, your your uh, review of your parole status is, 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 is established. It allows for the system then to begin to review um, those who are currently on uh, probation to see if they fit those criteria to have their parole status reviewed. So if they, they meet the criteria, they can get off. Okay. All right. So um, it, it'll keep people from going through what Meek Mill went through, being on probation for like 10 years. Exactly. Okay. And and what I think, you know, I want to most emphasize is that um, about 95,000 folks are on probation in Pennsylvania. Uh, the vast majority, of course, are people of color. Mm-hmm. But a significant uh, population are, are, are women who are mothers. And mm-hmm. this has not only been uh, destructive to the system, but it's been destructive to family. Mm-hmm. And not intensely so. And I also want to tell you, it took us uh, five years working in a bipartisan way to actually get it heard. We're fortunate that the House became Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it hadn't, we'd still probably be talking about you know, how injustice is. And I will tell you this, Republicans and Democrats are both seeing the judicial system as imbalanced and unfair because guess what? It's affecting their kids <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's affecting ours. It's affecting their young adults like it's affecting ours. Mm-hmm. So there's a movement, but the legislative process is very complex. DA's association is very strong in it. Um, and those conservatives who don't want to allow it to happen still have a strong voice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, so this you're looking to get signed by by the governor. You're hoping that he'll sign it today, and uh, then it will uh, affect how people are are being treated on on probation and through that system, and give them an off ramp from that probation system. Exactly, and well stated better than me. That's exactly what it does, and it it sees it. It gives obviously hopefully an incentive to those folks who are on probation that it will end. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's been many people who are on probation for many years who frankly didn't cooperate. Because you know, if, if you're sentenced for three years, and you're still on probation after seven. Yeah, you're not going to be uh, what anybody wants you to be because you don't see an end to it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, this will incentivize those folks who've done it. This has happened in other states, by the way, and exactly what we hope to hope to happen in Pennsylvania has happened in other states. Mm-hmm. Reduction of parolees, reduction of people going to prison more productive people going back into the society. Yeah. So um, that's that's great. And we'll see if the governor signs that. Uh, he has signed some other stuff uh, over, over the last few days. So I wanted to ask you about the um, education stuff that came out of uh, Harrisburg this week. One of them was the expansion of a program that allows for businesses to give money to private uh, or religious schools and then have uh, a tax break for doing that. Whereas the hundred million that Democrats wanted for poor school districts did not pass out, out of the legislature this week. What happened with, with education in your view uh, with the, uh, with the budget that just was, was passed? Um, I guess you're talking about level up. Mm-hmm. Okay. The level up is what Democrats want. Republicans uh, had a desire for the past, I guess also the government as well. So there was a desire for the past and level up. Those are the exchanges. But 
EICC is the program you're talking about. That's the tax credit for business. And the Democrats incentivized their, and I can't remember around the top of my head, there was a trade for what was wanted, and there was a there was a discussion about what they were not going to talk about. The past and level up were not discussed. And EITC, and I'll explain that in two seconds what that is until the public can be aware of it. But I can't remember what they did on the public side, but they did something on the public side as well. Uh, so both, you know, agreed, and they're going to have that fight later on. For those who don't know what EITC is, it is a tax credit program that allows a company that makes sneakers in Pennsylvania, it allows them to make a contribution towards um, a pot of money that private and religious schools can use to fund um, children going to those schools. And by the way, there is a pot that goes to uh, modest and low-income families. There's a separate one, OSTC, that also had an increase in it as well. Um, that allows that company not to tax at the maximum level. So $100 million, tax credit says $10,000, the tax bill goes down to $90,000. Um, and certainly people have debated that, but that's what that part is. I can't, I'm sorry, Solomon, for the life of me, I'm having a senior moment, what the counterpart was on the Democratic side, but both negotiated what they wanted to have included. So these companies can give more money to private schools, and, and as a result, they pay less taxes. Part of those taxes would go, I'm assuming, to public schools. Well, to the pot of money that goes to public education, which is not just schools, but yeah, public education. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, that's not true. It's less money that goes to the general fund. I apologize. That's wrong. Okay, so but the general fund. fund also funds education, too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. All right. So so they, they give more money to, to private and religious schools. Um, meanwhile, I know that Democrats were trying to get $100 million after the um, after the court said that the funding formula for schools in Pennsylvania was unfair. Democrats were trying to get $100 million for those poor schools, weren't able to get it. So that that was off the table. So what what did Democrats get for public schools? Oh, uh, well, they got they got the requested increase of a certain amount. Mm-hmm. So increased funding. It wasn't it is not the amount that quote unquote Democrats, including me, mm-hmm. were advocating for, because I'm for both, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not the level that it's going to be in the coming budget, but it was an increase in that space. But there was a specific item, and I, I apologize, I can't remember what it is. There was not a specific item that it related to. It relates, you know, increase for public education, but there was an increase in terms of funding for public education. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that, that happened out of Harrisburg this week, and we just talked with Larry Krasner a few minutes ago, was that um, SB 140, now Act 40, because uh, it passed the Senate, passed the House, signed by the governor, um, allows for a special prosecutor to be appointed to um, handle any crimes that were committed on or near SEPTA stations. So, I mean, you saw that. What did you think? I think that this is a great conversation to begin to have people. To, actually, so some of my friends caught up screaming and yelling about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to them, the mayor wants 400 new police officers, and the money for that will come in large part from the state. 
I mean, the, the clear slate, probation reform, there's a whole series of um, policies and initiatives that were asked for by those of us, in particular from Philadelphia, that Republican counters that will give you that if you understand that your current DA uh, is not necessarily satisfying the public uh, perspective as it relates to prosecution. They pointed to retail theft. They pointed to a number of other areas. And they said, in return, for those things you want, we want the opportunity, at least on SEPTA, which is out of control, for someone to take those cases, to look at those cases in process. And so when my friends were saying, well, I don't think that's a fair choice, what I told them directly was there's a narrative based upon fact that many African-Americans who agree with the current DA on not prosecuting people who shouldn't be prosecuted do not agree with him about how he doesn't prosecute people that we believe should be prosecuted. And there is concern about safety in my neighborhood with the DI voted for. And so a narrative was, was not created. It is that Republicans see that our conservative DAs say you're not policing enough. Look what's happening on the public transportation. We should allow at least allow someone to do that. And so what I said to my friend is it is certainly not a perfect solution. It is certainly one that we should be noteworthy about and concerned about. But it also is one that we are confronted with more and increasingly when you want to get something done. There's going to be a trade-off. The question is, how much of a trade-off do people feel comfortable with the trade-off? Um, and that's where we are. I don't think, and I'll be very clear with you, you know, I supported Larry Krasner in this last election cycle. He asked me to endorse him. I did. I am not supportive of his policy as it relates to prosecution. Did you vote I'm, for this, Senator Williams? Oh, most of us, all of us voted for it. So you you voted you voted for them to have a special prosecutor when we elected a DA. I did, and so did the seven Philadelphians. I think there were five who voted for it. Now I looked I looked at the um, the votes, and it looked like most most of the Democrats voted against it. No, you had a number of Democrats who voted for it, and you, and you voted for it. Do you think that disenfranchises people like me who voted for Larry Krasner? Well, I don't think. Well, first of all, I don't agree with what happened. So, I mean, I, it was. I told you what happened. It was a, you either get this or you don't get anything. And so, the ninety-five thousand people on probation, those folks who can't get a house or get a job because clean slate can't be enacted, the four hundred police officers that we need wouldn't happen. So, I felt it was important to do it, especially when I don't agree with the process of what's occurring. Now, that said, no, of course I don't agree with anybody voting disenfranchised. And when somebody presented to me, well, what would happen if the same thing happened to state legislators? It's called a constitution. This is within the bounds of constitution. Do you think this is constitutional, given that we elect our DA and then the state says, well, we don't like your DA. We don't like his policy. So we're going to put somebody else in to handle crime that you have elected this person to handle. Do you think that's constitutional? Well, we're getting ready to see because if it's not, yeah. we're going to go to court, which is what I talked to one of my colleagues um, extensively about when we were talking about trade that he was opposed to. I said, here's what the situation is. I mm. said, this is going to be an argument in court mm-hmm. among, uh, you know, among uh, lawyers. 
And if okay. it's not, then it'll be overturned. Uh, and also the governor hmm. um, voted for it. That being said, Tom, I don't want the moment to be lost on elections matter. And that's what I told my friend. Like, he, he was just, he, you know, he's a friend of mine who is very supportive of me, but was disgusted. And I told him, I, I'm not here to defend it. I'm not going to tell you. And I'm not going to tell you that I agree with it. I'm not. But I'm also not going to tell you there's not moments for compelling arguments within our community or leverage one against the other. I'm not going to defend Larry Krabs. I'm telling you that right now. I don't agree with his policies of not of making senior citizens come to me at community meetings on a consistent basis, saying, what are we going to do about my car getting broken into, carjacked? What are we going to do about people who are not prosecuted to get back out of jail 24 hours? I'm not going to defend that. Any more than I want to defend this argument, not the argument, but the, the, but the obvious common sense saying, but Tony was sacrificing our liberty in terms of defending the right to vote. I'm not going to say you're wrong about that, and that it's uncomfortable to do. But I'm also going to say to you, I'm uncomfortable about sitting here doing nothing in all those areas as well. But I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think it's an either or. I think it's, you know, either we have a democracy or we don't. Either the people vote in their representatives or they don't. And so, you know, um, certainly, you know, you're in office and, and you do what, what you believe is right. And we'll yeah, but see what I, happens. But, but let me say this. I think that you have every right to protect, and you're being... <laughs> I've been here before when we argue. Mm-hmm. So you're being polite, and I appreciate that. I mm-hmm. really do. But I don't think you're wrong for saying, "Hey, look, look what happened. It's not right." I don't. I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have. I don't even have a problem taking criticism. But mm-hmm. my position simply is that if you disagree with me, I respect it. But I was presented with a moment about other things I know weren't going to happen, mm-hmm. and we have Republicans who control the Senate, and nothing would happen within my community in this space. And with all due respect, yes, I voted for the DA. I respect the DA. I just don't disagree. I just read for prosecution. And we created our own. Who's going, who's going to pay for that? I guess that's, and that's the question that I asked. So you, so let's, let's play this out because you know, everything costs money. Yeah. Right. And you know that there are unfunded mandates, right? Where, okay, we're going to have a special prosecutor. Where's his office going to be? Who's his staff going to be? What's his, where's his equipment going to come from? And who's going to pay for it? Does that come from the city? Does it come from the state? I mean, yeah. ultimately it comes from the, from the taxpayers. Taxpayers, but it's going to come from the state because so, elections will matter. So you got a shadow DA. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, it yeah, sounds I, like it's a shadow DA. Like, all right, the people didn't elect him. We don't like him. And, and so we're going to put somebody in here to, to be, you know, a, another DA. So, Let's break this down. A couple things. One, it comes from the attorney general's office. That's who creates the special press. So depending upon if you have a Democrat or Republican. So if you really hate this, then you better be voting uh, for whoever. We did vote. We voted in a no. DA and y'all got, put in a special prosecutor to replace him. I got I got <laughs> I stop. Anyway, All right. No, no, I'm not going to say that to you. Don't stop. I'm no, I can't stop because I represent the people. And this this is what the people want to know. The people want to know, okay, we voted. Right. We put a DA in. And then y'all go and say, no, nah, we don't like him. So we're going to have somebody else. Oh, and by the way, y'all got to pay for it. Well, you are going to pay for this. <laughs> but that being said, here's the bottom line. The okay. Attorney General um, gets to pick Democrat or Republican. That will, as we know, will have an effect. Find potential prosecutors to fill it up. 
And also, I know my, my uh, I won't call names, but a friend of mine replied it was all Philadelphia. It's not all of Philadelphia. Okay. It is a significant part of Philadelphia, but it's not all of Philadelphia. And as we all know, it's around steps to top, I think it was 500 yards or something, which is significant. So it's not all of Philadelphia. But that being said, the fundamental issue that you just said, Tony, we elected our DA, just undercuts him. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It does. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to paint a different picture. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to say uh, it's a good thing for democracy. It does it manipulates democracy and your vote. So you're absolutely right. Again, the question is, you want police officers, you want parole, parolees to get off, you want people to get a job without their record uh, following them. And there's all this, I'll send you the whole list, Tom, we'll be talking about the time more extensively about it. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you say, no, I'm not going to take it for the sake of, you know, of this issue defending the district attorney? Or do you say, I take it because I want these other things as well? Some of us were presented with that, pro- you know, issue. And I even go farther, frankly, because I heard when you said, well, most of the Democrats vote against it. Most of the vote, Democrats vote against it, knowing full well that the Republicans, along with a few Democrats, were going to vote for it. So they got to say, I didn't agree with it. I vote against it. But... I also voted for, you know, uh, clean slate. I also voted for probation reform. In my opinion, that's a little bit duplicitous to present yourself as perfect. There's nothing perfect about this system. There's nothing perfect about democracy. There's nothing perfect about getting legislation moved in Harrisburg other than the optics of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is a little bit, you know, uh, you know, I, I think it's unfair to sort of describe it as either or. It's not either or. It's never either or. It's negotiated, which, by the way, in Harrisburg and in Washington, D.C., not so much the city council, those arts of compromise are lost. Now, this may not be, this may be a bridge too far for many. I agree with that. But the art of compromise has to return if we're going to get anything done mm-hmm. in federal and state government. Okay. All right. That is Senator Tony Williams. Now, your um, probation bill, we're, we're looking for that. What is the... Uh what is the bill number? The bill number is, you got me as soon as I took it down. <laughs> For some reason. It is, hold on, I'm sorry. Solomon. My extreme problem. It is. I think I put my glasses on. It is bill number 838. Okay. And there's a press conference today, I'm told, with the governor signing the bill. And by the way, you said something else. I don't know if the governor has has signed the other bill with the special prosecutor. He signed it. He signed it yesterday. Oh, so you get out the way of not being. Yep. Not being, yeah, yep. Not being I guess. Yep. All right. So thank you, Senator Anthony Hardy Williams. We certainly appreciate you and, and your work. And thank you for your call this morning on WURD. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 